0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we, we thank God so much for this morning. And today is yet another day the Lord has made, and we need to rejoice and be glad in Him. Amen. The Bible says, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men." Waking up another day to see yet another day is not a usual thing. Sometimes you may, Sometimes, we take certain things for granted, like life, okay? Because you sleep and you wake up and you set the alarm and you sleep and you wake up. So most of us, most of us, we think that it is our alarm that has been waking us up. But there are some people who set their alarms, but they never woke up to the ringing of their alarms and they were sent to the mortuary. But as for us, God has given us yet another life, another time, a great opportunity to make even things right. And I'm believing that this morning, God is gonna bless us like never before hallelujah can we close our eyes and pray just close your eyes and pray father in the mighty name of jesus we thank you this morning for your grace father we thank you that this morning you sent forth your word to us father we pray we commit every vessel every heart into your hand father lord may our hearts be like fertile soil in the mighty name of jesus father may you prune us and may you speak to us and may you see your seed in our hearts father we pray for understanding and wisdom father we pray oh god that lord even whatever comes out of my mouth may it be understandable to everybody may nothing be a barrier to someone hearing your word and understanding father it's my prayer that by the time we are done we will live here like never before in the mighty name of jesus we prayed with thanksgiving amen wow hallelujah i'm so excited this morning um, and I hope you are excited too. Sometimes the devil want to do a lot of things to distract us and take away our joy. Um, before I begin everything, yesterday, whilst we were at Pet's place, having a wonderful time enjoying ourselves, I had a call from, a disturbing call from my wife that has, she has had an accident, um, and it was very, very disturbing. But at the end, we thank God nothing happened to her, though the car got a lot of, the car was really, really, um, destroyed but then nothing happened to her. So um, I, when we were done I was just giving God all the things and I was like no matter what the devil does, he can never take away our joy in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to talk about a topic the Lord has laid on my heart to share with you. Sometimes I feel like when it comes to this topic I'm not really really qualified to talk about it and a lot of times I've tried as much as possible to run away from this topic but, I've, but sometimes it's like you can't run away. God has given you his word and you need to share. I want to talk about the topic, forgiveness. 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 Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 4. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 4. We are talking on the topic, forgiveness. So, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying... Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as, as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child in the, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So this was the time Jesus Christ was with his disciples and you know sometimes you can have people who are following you with the wrong intention. Sometimes you can talk and talk but your audience may not really really fathom what you are really talking about because when Jesus Christ was with his disciples Many times he tried to make them understand why he came on earth, his purpose on earth, what he seek to achieve, and the fact that what he's talking about, the kingdom he's talking about or the kingdom he's referring to, is not the kingdom according to the patterns or the orders of men, but this kingdom is a spiritual, eternal, higher kingdom that he has, he has made up his mind to establish. But all the while, the disciples were thinking of an earthly kingdom. And sometimes I don't blame them because it was at a time when they were going through a lot of challenges intimidation from the roman empire they were restricted in a lot of things to do in fact there was there was a huge tax on everything that they were they were going through kind of like you are a slave in your home in your own town you know so they were waiting and they were looking for a messiah many people came train themselves as the messiah being the people who bring deliverance to the people of israel at that time but most of them most often they will come up and they will die they will come up and they will kill them so there's another man called jesus who has come he has his own philosophy of life and his pattern of or his way of life and his pattern of thought was kind of different from the rest of the people so everybody wanted to now look at oh wow A new organization has come, a new association has come, a new movement has come. So let us join this movement, because one day, this man will end up becoming the king of Israel. And when he becomes the king of Israel, and I am close with him, obviously I can become the prime minister, or I can become the minister of finance, or I can become minister of defense, I can become, you know. So they were thinking about earthly things. So they came to him and they were asking him, so who is the greatest in your kingdom? Who is the greatest in your kingdom? Because Jesus had been talking about the kingdom of heaven and all those kind of things. So he started explaining to them who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And he started talking about the fact that before you can be the greatest in the kingdom of God, you should be as little as a child. God has called us into a life that we always identify ourselves as children. That's why whenever we are are told, we say we are called the children of God. I've never heard anyone call himself an adult of God or a teenager of God. But we always associate ourselves with the term children of God. That name alone should make us understand who we are and our place in him. And anyone who is a child, take on childlike attitude, childlike heart. So when he started with this, it became an opening into the conversation he wanted to have with them pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he started talking to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And when you get to Matthew, when you get to um, Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 4, because it was at the same time, and when you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the synoptic gospel, they are kind of, it's like they are telling virtually the same story. They are all telling virtually the same story, but from different angles, with different purpose. So um, sometimes you hear, you, you see that Luke is talking about this, And Matthew is talking about the same thing, but their emphasis might be on different things. So in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 1 to 4, Jesus said, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no one, that no offense should come. It is impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. The verse 2, it would be better for him to, it would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, than, sorry, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Please, can you give me an altive version? Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. So, verse So, watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. If then, if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day, each time turn again and ask forgiveness. You must and turn and ask for forgiveness you must forgive them so Jesus Christ was talking to them about the kingdom life and he was emphasizing on forgiveness from the opening sentence you could understand that jesus christ was bringing to their attention the fact that we are human we are living in a human world don't forget about say that we are of this world we are in this world but we are not of this world therefore because we are not of this world we will encounter many challenges many problems many attitudes Actually streaming out of the attitude or the natural man. So the Bible is making us understand that for temptation to sin, for someone to hurt you, for someone to do something that would hurt you and you will hold it in your heart, to brood bitterness in your heart, it is possible to happen. But then it said that woe to the one who become a stumbling block and become the channel through whom the devil will use to cause you to stumble or to sin but then if someone sin against you seven times and come to you for forgiveness forgive that person and you know we are in a time we are in a world where every time people hurt us and the most pow- the, the most painful thing is that the people you least expect them to hurt you are the exact people who hurt you one of the reasons why forgiveness is very difficult is that the way love comes out of the heart, forgiveness, love comes out of the heart, forgiveness hurts the heart. So forgiveness, if you don't take care, will leave an indelible mark on your heart, which will become very difficult for you to erase if you try to do it on your own. We have a lot of people walking around who are brooding bitterness in their heart because they are so much hurt and their heart is bleeding. And beloved, I want to tell you If you are a child of God and you have so much bitterness in your heart, it will become very difficult for you to be able to really align yourself with God, to be able to receive of Him. Because the kingdom life is a life of forgiveness. The Bible says that even when there was enmity between us and God, God sent his son Jesus Christ to come and die and make provision for our sin so that through the redemption of his son, our sins can be forgiven. That means that locked up in love is forgiveness. If you love, you should be able to forgive. Because forgiveness also comes out of the heart as As hurt hurts the heart, forgiveness comes out of the heart. So if you want to really know that you are a child of God, check your ability to forgive your fellow brethren when they sin against you. God wants the church to move and march on. But the church cannot move and march on if the church is still hurt and living in their heads. Ask yourself, if you are a soldier, you're supposed to go for battle and here in Ghana, it's not very common, but here I know that most often when you, when you finish school, you go into military and work for a while so that you understand certain regiments of military system and learn some discipline and other things. Assuming that you are going for war, and you, the soldier, going for war, there is so much bruises, you are, hurt, you are hurt on your leg, your arms. In fact, every part of your body is full of bruises. Will you be qualified to go for the battle? You can't go for the battle because you are already wounded. You become a liability to the people because whilst you, they have to carry you to the place, and no one will want to carry you to the place because you will impede their movement and their progress. So they will leave you behind. The reason why now a lot of Christians can't mature and a lot of Christians cannot grow is because they are so much hurt. Not because they are not children of God, but they've allowed the and heads and the things that the world is throwing against them to hurt them. And they've accumulated them in their hearts so they can't move. So they are always full of bitterness. And the bitterness has killed their joy. The bitterness has killed their smiles. So you see that there was a lady who was full of smiles every time he, she comes to church. There was a man who was full of... Laughter whenever he comes to church. But one time, somebody in the church hurt him. Somebody said something against him or somebody said something against her. Somebody gossiped against him or gossiped against her. And he or she got to know of it. And he was like, ah, I'm so hurt. From today, I will never smile to anybody again. From today, I'll never laugh anybody again. I'll come to church, all right, but I'll come and sit down and listen to the word of God. So, because of that, you create a barricade or you create a barrier on your heart. So, when the pastor stands at the pulpit and he preaches, this is what happens: the word comes and it hits your heart and bounce back. So, there is no progress. So, that's you know, Jesus with his disciples always wanted them to grow. He wanted them to advance. We wanted them to move. Beloved, we are in a sinful world. We are in a painful world. Your children, your children can hurt you. Your husband can hurt you. Your wife can hurt you. Your mother can hurt you. Your father can hurt you. People can hurt you with their words. Hurt you with their actions. Sometimes people do crazy things and you're like, How in the world can you just do this against me? But that is it. They've done it. But will you brood on that thing that they've done against you and hold it in your heart and die early or go and forgive them? Say that. as for temptation to sin. And if you lack forgiveness, you are perpetually and consistently sinning. Yes. So anyone who who lacks forgiveness will be difficult to enter the kingdom of God. And you understand why I'm saying this. So when you go to um, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to 17, so what Jesus Christ was talking about seven times, when somebody hurts you seven times, forgive that person and those stuff. And Jesus Christ was talking about the fact that if someone hurts you, rebuke, then the disciple, he emphasized on how to rebuke them. It's not that um, maybe um, Dr. Patience has done something against me. Then I go to him like, how dare you do this against me? Thought you know that I'm so hurt by what you did. Then my cheek becomes red and I become so angry and I say all kinds of things. You, you are this, you are that. Turn from your sin, else you go to hell. they am like, Ha! Ah, now I've rebuked her. She will change. That's what that rebuke means. So Jesus Christ decided to now explain to them what the rebuke is. Then he said that, moreover, if a brother sins against you, Go and tell him his faults. And it's supposed to be between you and him alone. Not going to the public. And once you see that the person is standing there, you go you shout, You! You insulted me and you cursed me. Today, I'm here to tell you that what you did, you are going to hell. Satan is waiting for you at the door of hell. Ready to receive you. No. But you go to the person. Oh, my brother, you did something against me, and it hurt me. And I feel like we are brethren in Christ. We should not have bitterness against each other. And you know, before you rebuke somebody, you must have the intention to forgive that person. Don't think that you're just going to tell the person his fault and still hold it in your heart that, Yes, I'm done telling him. I'm done. I'm done telling her. But as a forgiveness and forgetting me, I'm going to hold it in my heart. No. So you go to the person. Once you are telling the person, you have the you have the you you have it in your heart and in your mind that you want to forgive that person. So you speak to the person in love. Christ didn't come to rebuke or condemn the world, but he came that so through him the world might be saved. So we were in sin. We're in our transgressions. Ah, the Bible says that. With all that he did, they crucified him on the cross. When he was coming, they were like, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. They laid down cloth for him to be passing on the cloth with the donkey. I believe that time the donkey was smiling, it was like, Wow, I'm, I, I feel like I'm in, the, I'm in the heavens. But after everything, the same people who said, Hosanna, Hosanna, said, Crucify him. They threw stones at him, they spat at him. Some poured all kinds of things against him. And, insulted him for no reason. Some of you, you are holding bitterness against people. Meanwhile, you are also hurting other people. You think you have a reason to be bitter against somebody. Someone also has a reason to be bitter against you because you are also hurting them. And they are also going through a process of trying to forgive you. And the Bible talks about all of them here as we are are going through the word of God. But on the cross, he looked at them and said, Father, forgive them of their sins, for they know not what they are doing. If we have this heart of Jesus, where if a brother sins against us, we just have it in our mind that God, the person doesn't know it at that time. Maybe that day, something, the person is going through some episodes. Sometimes people will hurt you because they are already hurt, they're already going through pains. So sometimes they can't hold it and they just burst out. And sometimes, unfortunately, you become the garbage in. So if you don't also know how to garbage out, you always be taking in garbage into your system. People are always angry. They will be pour, I mean, pouring it into you, and you'll be also receiving. You are at the receiving end, taking in garbages. But if you don't learn to be like Jesus, to forgive, so that when they sin against you, you look at them you're like, wow, wow, I'm hurt. But I want to tell you, I understand what you, what you did to me was wrong. This is what you did. You know, if, you, if someone does something against you and you're like, I won't tell this person. He or she is supposed to see it. Forget it. The person will not see anything. Because some people will hurt us without even knowing that they've hurt us. That's why you need to go to them. Point their sins to them. If they wouldn't listen, go to them again. If they wouldn't listen, go to them again. And finally, if they still are headlong and they're like, I haven't done anything. I am still right with what I did. Don't argue with the person. You know, we haven't been called to argue with people. Don't try to prove yourself. Because sometimes the more you try to prove yourself, you become proud. Because you know, sometimes the reason why we hide bitterness in our heart is because of our pride. You don't understand why it's happening to you. You don't understand why he did that to you. But don't forget, if you are not of this world, then that means that you are of a heavenly realm. And if someone is doing something against you, the person is not doing it against you, but the person is doing doing it against Christ. If you understand it, it will help you that. So if you insult me, Albert standing here, you haven't insulted me. If you think that insulting me will kill me, forget it. Because the more you insult me, you're talking about a different person, Jesus Christ, because it is on his authority and power that I do the things I do. I live and move and have my being in him. So if you have this mindset, when someone hurts you, not a person is hurting Christ because, you know, it is... It is the spirit of the devil that will feel a person to do something against you. So the war is not against people. The war is against the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. So when someone hurts you, know that the person is trying to, not to go against you, but trying to test the Christ and the God in you. Forgive, and you can mature and progress in life. A Christian full of bitterness can never mature in this world. So he continued in the verse 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should my brother shall how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him up to seven times? You know Peter is very smart because he remembered Jesus Christ talking about, oh we should forgive even if your brother forgives you seven uh, sin against you seven times, forgive your brother seven times. So Peter has started calculating. So if it is seven times, then if you come and you sin against me, I forgive you. Then the person goes and comes back, I forgive you. Then on the seventh time, the person sin, you're like, Jesus said, if you sin against me seven times, I can forgive. But this eighth sin, I'm not going to forgive you. I will hold it in my heart and I will deal with you. Yeah. And you know, at that time, the rabbi had been teaching them that they should, if your brother sins against you, forgive the person three times. After the third time, deal with the person. And Jesus Christ came and said that if your brother sins against you, even seven times in a day, forgive the person. So at least Jesus has added four. So Peter wants to now compare and contrast so that he will know, because I I believe at that time they they were hurt in many ways. So, seven, seven, it's possible that someone can hurt you seven times in a day. So, after that, seven, what should I do? Then Jesus said, uh, Hey, you think you are smart? Okay. Let's see. Then Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times. You see, Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times. Sometimes, we listen to people's words they say and we misquote them. But, up to 70 times. Seven. Up to 70 times. Now you were, you were talking. At first, the rabbi said three, three times. It's okay. So when someone sings against me three times, on the fourth time, I deal with the person. And even in chemistry, when you are doing titration, you do one, two, three. It helps you to know precision. So at least you've done three. I'm forgiving you three times. The fourth one, I must deal with you. Okay, now Jesus is saying we should do it seven times. Now, I'm practicing the seven times for giving a person a day. Now, I am asking you to just re echo what you said so that I can stand on to do whatever I want to do. Now, you're telling me it's not seven times, so it is seven times, seven, 490 times a day. That's crazy. So, when now, when Peter immediately said that, Peter did the calculation in his mind, he realized that that was 490 times, and it is not possible. That 490 times somebody can hurt you in a day, and that is for one person. So if another person comes, that one is a different person. So you start calculating. Can you continually calculate 490 times? So when you go to Luke chapter, um, when you go to Luke chapter, um, to Luke chapter 17 verse 5 to 10. Luke chapter 17 verse 5 to 10. Then the apostle said to the Lord, Oh God, increase our faith, because how can we forgive? 490 times a day. Helen has helped, has has hurt me. Nearly she goes, she comes back again, she hurts me again. She goes, she does that, then I'm calculating 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. By the time Helen is, by the time the day is almost gone. I mean, Helen is tired of hurting me. At least she can hurt me as much as maybe 80 times a day. But 490 is not possible. What Jesus Christ was trying to tell his disciples was that, it doesn't matter how many times someone hurts you. Be ready to forgive the person. It doesn't matter the reason. Point their sins to them and forgive them. Because that is the way and the life of a child of God. We always reflect the love of God to the world. We always reflect the love of God to the world. He who can't forgive is likened to a person so the Bible talks about um, in from the from the Matthew uh, 22 coming down. 22 coming down. Jesus Christ talks about somebody who was who was owing a king millions of dollars. I want the NLT version because here we are in America, so people understand dollars a lot. So the person was owing the the king millions of dollars. So the king called him to come and settle the issue with him. So the verse 24 the verse twenty four in the process, one of his debtors was owing him millions of dollars, and the guy cannot pay a dime. he's a servant. So the king decided to punish him, the wife, the children, so that through selling them, he'll be able to pay for his debt. Then this gentleman went and begged, cried. Oh, Cain, forgive me. Please, you know I'm a poor person. The Bible even says that after for the poor, they shall always be among you. Understand where I'm coming from. I am poor. I can't pay. If you do this, you know the destiny of my child are at stake. The destiny of my kids are at stake. The destiny of my wife is at stake. It is me that sin. Please forgive. Then the king was full of pity, compassion. That is how our heart is supposed to be. You should be full of compassion. You should be ready to give. Then the king said, Okay, because of what you said, I've forgiven you. I no more remember. Just, just go. Then immediately the guy left. He didn't get home. He was actually going straight home to somebody who was also owing him. So he went and hung, went to hold a person. Nana Samson, if you don't pay me my money today, I will deal with you. The guy was like, Please, I don't have money. Meanwhile, the guy was owing him just a few dollars. I will deal with you. Then he sent the gentleman to the prison. Then some people got furious and told the king. And the king came for the gentleman and punished him. And the Bible makers understand that our Father in heaven has forgiven us our sins. Every day look at the things we do. If God is supposed to count the number of sins we do in a day. You know, the words we speak. Even sometimes how we walk. How we look at things. How we relate to people. How many times haven't we even insulted Jesus in a lot of things we do. But every time you do it's ready. I give you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. But you with this little sin with this little sin others did to you you've held it in your heart and you can't forgive yourself. When you read a look, the same Luke where I'm reading from you get to understand that Jesus Christ told them that Yes I told them that if a slave comes home from work and comes to meet their master, he doesn't, the, master he, the, the master doesn't have to tell him that, oh, you are tired, just rest a little while and come and cook me food. But the slave understands that you must go cook for your master to eat. And when the master is done, the master is not, I mean, not supposed to say thank you because it's your responsibility. And I was trying to tell them that doing it is for your own good. And it is your responsibility as a child of God. To forgive others. Obedience to God is very, very paramount. And as part of our obedience to God, we need to forgive. If you lack forgiveness, you lack obedience, and that is sin. Today I came to tell you, through the power power of God, to let go of people who have hurt you. Sometimes, you know, if you hold it in your heart, some, some people can hold bitterness in their heart and they will start developing health and medical conditions. Sometimes if you hold in bitterness, you can't even progress in your life. But if you realize that if you let go, if you let go, if you let go, if you let go, you realize that your life will turn around and you'll be a better person. This morning I came to tell you, learn to forgive. This world is a crazy world. People are always ready to hurt us, but always be ready to give them your forgiveness. And through that, you show that you are a child of God. Can we close our eyes? Can we close our eyes? Just close your eyes wherever you are. It doesn't matter your age. We have been hurt one way or the other. Hurt by friends. Hurt by um, our children. Our fathers, our mothers. Different kinds of people. But sometimes, don't forget that the closest person to you is the one who will hurt you. Just pray to God. Just tell him that, Father, just look, if anyone has hurt you, just pray to God Father, Lord. Give me the strength to forgive. The disciples said, Master, as for this, 490 times a day, we can't. We can't. They, they, they agree that we, they, they can't. And Jesus said that if you have faith like a mustard seed, you tell, to the, you tell to the tree to move and get into the waters and to listen. It means that we are supposed to totally rely on Jesus. He's the one who will give us the ability to forgive. Just tell God. Give it to him, that Father, th- this person has hurt me, but from today I want to go and forgive the person. This person has hurt me, but this morning I want to forgive the person. This person has done this to me, but from today I let go. I let go. The Bible says that, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Meaning that even our ability to, for- to be forgiven is dependent on our ability to forgive others. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name for your word. This morning, you've come to make us understand that forgiveness is our responsibility and our core duty, as children of God. Father, I pray that if anyone is struggling with bitterness or forgiveness, Father, I pray that you give them the ability to forgive in the mighty name of Jesus. Whoever is hurt, Father, may you mend their hearts. Father, whoever is going through pains, Father, may you, may, may, may you take care of their pains and give them joy. Whoever is hurting any area because of what a brethren or what a sister did to him or her, Father, forgive the person. Even when the world hates us, give us the ability to love the world back. In the precious mighty name of Jesus, we pray we commit today into your hand. Have your way. Father, we thank you for a powerful ministration. We thank you for a powerful um, worship worship time, a powerful sermon time, and a powerful time in your presence. In your name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Let all saints say amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.